The indie author revolution has been around for more than a decade, but we indies continue to push the boundaries of what we're capable of. From getting over initial prejudices to staring down perfectionism and author imposter syndrome, we've become a force to reckon with. Indie authors now wear more hats than ever as we strive to create a career full of meaning, prosperity, and potential. We've juggled the demands and continue to be rebels in the face of adversity. Now, after years of hearing the shouts of hustle and grind, we indies are rebelling again. Gone are the days of publishing a book a month until we drop, and in its place are the seeds of a better way to rapid release. A way that feels incredible as we build a sustainable, lifelong author career that not only increases our visibility and royalties, but it's all done with intention and ease. If you're ready to buck the system and become the visionary authorpreneur I know you're meant to be, you've come to the right place. I'm Carissa Andrews, international best-selling indie author, and this is the Author Revolution Podcast. Well, hey there, guys. Welcome back to the Author Revolution podcast after a week hiatus, thanks to the 20 Books Vegas experience. (laughs) Okay, so first things first, I need to say that my expectations, my intentions as I went to this conference were not to get COVID. That was my intention as we went. And unfortunately, there are people who are testing positive from this experience. But I am still not one of them. Although you might hear it in my voice, I do have a little bit of conference crud, whatever that might be. I have a little bit of like something going on, but I did test negative, which is a relief because obviously Thanksgiving's coming up here and we don't want to be spreading that around. Even though I feel a little bit under the weather today, I have to say that it's not terrible. Like I have a little bit of a a head cold situation going on, a little sore throat, a little bit like my ears are wonky but it's not affecting my brain, which is super good because I want to be able to describe to you what an awesome event the 20 Books Vegas conference was because it was really, really powerful. So let's hop right into what this experience was like because this is not my first rodeo going to a conference. In fact, I've run my own conferences before, but I will tell you that Craig Martell and Michael Anderle, they next level this shit. It was amazing. So Craig runs a really tight ship. But as an attendee, I actually really appreciated that because you always knew exactly what to expect. Like you knew that each of the speakers were going to start right on time. You knew that they were going to end on time. You knew what to expect between the breaks. You knew when your lunch was over. (laughs) Like there was no weird, ambiguous, like, how is this going to work? There was none of that. It was all very straightforward, very on time and just overall a wonderful experience that way. Now, Michael Anderle, I didn't really see either one of them running around super ton. I don't know if they were just in different sessions than I was in. I did see Craig one time, but that was because he was yelling at all of us to get out of the building because there was a fire alarm going off. (laughs) And so I ended up missing that session because we were outside um, doing the like stand around, hoping that they're going to let us back into the building thing. But overall, that was the only time I saw him and everybody else was rushing past him. So it was a really great time to sit down and have a chat and be like, Hey, Craig, what's going on? Now, Michael, he must've been in meetings the whole time because I didn't see him unless he was speaking. Now, speaking of speaking, Michael is a fantastic motivational speaker. He's also a really good, like 
down-to-earth, humble kind of guy. So you get some really funny vibes from him. He, he just cracks jokes and he's just, he's such a, an interesting character on the stage. I'm sure he's that way with his books and everything as well. So overall, I'm going to say that the conference, it met my expectations in most ways, but it also exceeded them in a lot of ways as well. Like we had such big rooms, we got to meet so many of the vendors. So vendor day was an incredible experience getting to meet so many people that have either been on the podcast already, or people who I want to have come onto the podcast. I got to meet Ben from Author Helper Suite, and we were in talks about how I can work with them to be able to help authors level up using their platform. I mean, there's so many cool things that happened at this conference, and I just can't relate enough how incredible it was to be surrounded by my tribe, the people who do this thing that I do that no one else really gets. It, it's such a, an important and powerful experience. Like I was there with my friend Kim. She lives in the area with us. She was my education director at the Lakes Area Writers Alliance. And then I was there with Colin. And so we, you know, we had our own little tribe going on, but Kim's a mystery writer. So she was off oftentimes doing like, you know, police procedural stuff and mystery authors panels and things like that where I was doing a lot of the six and seven figure author things or, you know, lessons on Kickstarter or lessons on Patreon or lessons on the the high powered authors who were there so that I could really wrap my brain around like, what are they doing? How are they feeling? Like, what did they do that was different from what they started out as? Those sort of things, right? So our, I guess, vibe of what the conference looked like for us was a little bit different. Now, Colin followed me around because he was just kind of interested in learning some of the stuff. He's an author, but he hasn't really done much with his first book since he originally published it back in 2011, I think it was. And he was saying that even though he hasn't done a lot with his publishing, it even inspired him to want to like fix up that first book and continue writing his four-part series because he knows what the stories are going to be for the four books. He just hasn't had the time to get back to it. Now, if you follow my author um, newsletter, you know that like for Colin, his big thing is actually flipping our house. He's been working for the past eight years trying to up-level our house, change it around, renovate it. And every year we get just a little bit closer. And so in my newsletter, I do pictures each week of like the renovation escapades, like what's happening here. (laughs) And so until we get this house finished, he is really not in a headspace to be able to do a lot of writing. And I totally get that. So It was neat to see him get inspired through the talks and the places and the panels that I wanted to go to, and he just kind of followed along. He fully anticipated spending a good majority of the time with like headphones in and just kind of watching Netflix or something, and he didn't do any of that. He was very involved and excited to hear what the speakers had to say. And most of the speakers, I will tell you, were great. Now, there were a couple of them that you went to and you were hoping to get more information, And it was kind of like, let's skirt around the issue or like give you a really high level concept of it. So it really didn't scratch that itch of what you wanted to learn. But not many of those were like that. The vast majority of them were just incredible speakers who really motivated you and and helped you to feel like the talk that they were giving, whatever the topic was, was something that you could totally 100% handle. So that was really cool. Speaking of the sessions, I'm going to give you my top five favorite sessions from this year's event. So my first one is Mal Cooper's Facebook ad strategy. Now, we actually didn't go to any of her sessions during the event itself because we 
Kim, Colin, and I, we went to a Sunday evening kind of event where we sat down and we were listening to her for three hours. <laughs> so instead of 45 minutes, it was three hours talking about the new Facebook ad strategies and ways to implement things for them. And like even the Amazon attribution stuff, uh, she touched on just a little bit. And so that was really cool. Now, if you like Facebook ads, or if you want to learn how to dive into the topics of that, Mal Cooper is definitely the person to give you those insights and the information that you're looking for, because she just, she understands this on a very granular level, and you're able to walk through things step by step with her. So that was one of my favorites right out of the gate. Plus, I got to see and meet Jill, her wife. And so that was amazing too. We didn't get the chance to talk though. We were hoping to do coffee during the week and it just didn't work out. But it was overall such a great experience and I I loved being there to be able to see it. Now, our plane unfortunately came in a little bit late and so we were late to the the like class thing that she was doing. So, we walked in late, we kind of hung out in the back of the room, but overall it was great cuz they must have done like a introductions and like, you know, grab something to eat quick, whatever, and then started because by the time we got there, they were just getting to the start of like Facebook ads. So that was cool. All right, my second favorite session was Dave Chesson, his constructing the perfect Amazon book sales page. Now, if you ever heard Dave talk, you know that this guy is really great when it comes to speaking. He knows what he's talking about. He has statistics to back it up. He brought heat maps for the Amazon sales page of of what they found out like people are studying as they're looking at the Amazon sales page. So he gave some really great insights into how we can make our Amazon sales page better and the things that we should focus on the most. So if you get a chance to watch the replay, because I I know all of the sessions are going to be going up on the 20 Books Vegas YouTube channel. So make sure you go back and check out some of the this year's sessions because they were just really great. And you can do that for free if I remember right, because during the event itself, if you paid for it, you get it live. But if you want to watch, you know, wait a week and watch it later, you can still get access to all this stuff. So definitely check out anything by Dave Chesson because he was great in all the talks that he did. But I loved the Amazon sales page because he did a really great job of giving us an idea of the things that matter the most when it comes to the sales page. And then he went straight into a panel with a bunch of the vendors who do universal book links. So if you get a chance to check out that session, I highly recommend that one as well. Because we had people from Booklinker, Genius Link, Reader Links, also known as Author Helper Suite. And of course, Mark Leslie Lefebvre was there from Drafted Digital for Books to Read. So it was just a great panel overall. So I would definitely recommend that too. Now, number three was going to the Quinn Ward's Back Better Talk. Quinn was talking an awful lot about like how to optimize your back matter to be able to increase your read through and to increase the people who are coming into your list. And so if you get a chance, definitely check that one out. I know it was one of the first talks, so some of them weren't quite working right. And I think they still recorded natively. So even if the video didn't make it, you know, for the live sessions, I think they still had the actual video quality for it. So check out that one. Quinn just had such good insights into like things that work really well with the back matter. Now they contradicted just a little bit with other sessions that I had gone through or had gone to through the week. But the most important thing that I took away from that particular lesson was that rather than, you know, you end your book with the the end or to be continued or whatever, and you have a page break immediately after that, you want to have a call to action right underneath that last sentence. 
And you want it to be one of two things, according to Quinn. Either here's where you get the next book, and here's a link, or here's how you can sign up for my newsletter. I don't think that they're the only two that matter. And it just depends on what your strategy is, the thing that you really want to have these readers who finish your book do. So I played around with this concept before this talk, obviously, a long time ago, back in March when I was releasing Midlife Wolf Bite. So my concept was I wanted to see what would happen if I asked them to leave a review, because I hadn't done that through any of my other books, and I wanted to just see what happened to the reviews. I did that on Midlife Wolf Bite, Midlife Wolf Pack, and guess what happened, guys? It works. (laughs) So Midlife Wolf Bite became my first ever title to hit 400 reviews. That book did it in less than a year. I think it was like seven months or something like that. And Midlife Wolf Pack has already gone past the 200 reviews mark. And it blew out of the water some of the books that I've had out for a very long time, including some of the Windhaven books. And those are some of my best selling books ever. So what I want you to take away from that is whatever your call to action is right after your the end or the last sentence of your book, make sure it's the thing that is what you want most. Have that dominant intent be powerful. And trust me, it works magic because wow, I mean, holy cow. Okay, so number four, the talk number four that I really enjoyed was Martha Carr's talk on working through adversity. Now, Martha is in my genre. She's an urban fantasy author. And I really didn't expect to be as moved by her talk as I was. Like, she talked an awful lot about like what it was like to, you know, have cancer and be trying to go through things while you're trying to have an author career, she talked about like what what you can do in order to elevate back into the space that you want to go. And there were moments where you're just like, you're so touched by what she's saying that like the audience is over there like, you know, oh gosh, okay, keep back the, I'm not crying, you're crying, you know, that sort of thing. So if you get a chance, definitely check out Martha Carr's talk because she did a great job there. Okay. And now also number five was the high powered author panel that was on day one, they had a a whole crew of people who are considered high power authors. Now, these are people who are earning six to seven figures, they are incredibly successful at what they do. And they were up on the panel talking about their stories, like how did they get from where they were to where they are. And I think the biggest thing that I was surprised about because I expected more people to to come from a place of like, you know, my husband works. So I was able to put a lot of money into my Facebook ads right away in the beginning and it blew up, you know, I was expecting more of those types of talks. But that wasn't the case. Most of those authors who were on there came from a place of struggle. They came from a place of poverty mindset, of trying to overcome adversity, of trying to get past whatever humps they were stuck in. And move forward into a space that really elevated them into more money into the the mindset of having more and being able to embrace abundance, right? So it's really interesting how many of the six to seven figure authors talked about starting out poor or really struggling. So if you're in a place of that where your mindset is, I'm struggling, this is never going to work out for me. I want you to really check out that high powered author panel And check out the last day's author panel as well, because they talked so much about like how they overcame and how you can too. Because I think each one of us, we need to find 
those stories that are aspirational. We need to prove to ourselves that this can be done. It's been done by other authors just like us. And if they can do it, we can do it. Because once we have that example, now we know it's possible. Now we know we can move forward confidently in it. And it releases some of the resistance that we have or some of the limiting beliefs that we have about whether or not we can do it ourselves, right? So if you get the chance, definitely check out all of those things. Of course, I checked out Tammy Labreck's um, talk about newsletters. I checked out a lot of, you know, like Patty Finn and his talk on Kickstarter. We went to the Kickstarter panel. We went to the Patreon talk. There were so many cool and interesting ways that authors are making money and they're leveling up their author careers that you might not even be thinking about. And I want you to really think about checking out their their talks and their sessions because it could give you an inside tip to something that you could do and you could do really well. And then just it becomes this thing that blows up for you. So check out some of those other sessions too. All right. So this was also my first trip to Vegas. It was Colin's first trip as well. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about what Vegas is like, because to me, it was surprising how the experience of Vegas was. So I I guess I went there with this kind of expectation that it's going to be like all these flashy lights and like naked chicks walking in the street. So if you walk down the street, you're gonna be like, here's this thing. But actually, the lights, yes, that was definitely a thing. I mean, you got flashing lights everywhere, but I really didn't run into a lot of like scantily clad people. It might have been the fact that it was, you know, November and 60 degrees and anyone other than a Minnesotan or Alaskan thinks that it's like freezing. (laughs) So who knows? But we did so much walking, Colin and I. So like every day other than Sunday, we finished up the conference and we went out on the city. Like we went walking everywhere. I think there was one day where we walked eight miles during that like afternoon, evening. It was crazy. So we were walking all up and down the strip, trying to see the sights, to see what's around us, to to figure out like what makes this city so cool. And I got to tell you, the thing that really struck me the most about Las Vegas was, have you ever had one of these dreams where like you're in a dream, you're in this location and the dream morphs and now you're in a different location and then the dream morphs again, you're in yet another location. You know that kind of dream, right? That's what Las Vegas felt like. You start in one hotel and you walk down like some side shoot hallway. And the next thing you know, you're in a completely different hotel in a completely different vibe with a completely different style of architecture with a completely different like, it was just, it was wiggy and weird and really cool. Like there was so much to look at. And for Colin and I, we are definitely explorers. Like we love to try new things, to check out new things, to explore new areas. We don't get to do it a whole lot because we're home a lot. And up until the past maybe year, year and a bit, we haven't had a whole lot of extra cash to be able to go traveling. And so it was so fun to get out of our comfort zone and walk and just really check things out. Like we walked, you know, at first we walked through our area. Yeah in Bali's, we're trying to figure out like, you know, what's around us. Like if we want to get coffee, where's a good place? If we want to, you know, um, get some souvenirs, what's a good place? You know, what's down this hallway? I don't know. Let's go check it out. So we did a lot of that. And you get to see like how these hotels are all connected and how they're trying to entice you into their version of like what Las Vegas means. And, you know, Bali's is next to Paris. And so you get to go into Paris and 
we ate at like Cafe Americano and they had the best food ever. So if you get the chance to go there, it was so good. But it was neat because every building was so different and the lights were different and the atmosphere was different. And it was just, I don't know, I've, I've never been to a place quite like that before. And it was really, I mean, we've been to London. And so it was really cool to be in such a, an interesting place. Now, Colin and I don't really drink and we don't gamble. And so for us, it was literally like we were explorers going out into the world trying to like get the lay of the land. That's what we did every night. And it was super cool. We walked all the way down from Bali's to the Luxor. And that, that was probably the day that we did the eight mile walk because that was a lot of walking. It was on the other end of the strip. So worth it. And there's so many different cool things to experience when you're there. That's kind of one of the things that I want you to understand as you consider going to Las Vegas or if you've already been there and maybe you didn't really get out of the hotel that you were staying at for the conference, do it. It was it was so worth walking around and seeing what you were actually next to because you didn't have to be stuck with just the, you know, meal choices that were right there. You didn't have to be stuck with just like a couple options. Like there was a CVS around the corner. There was a Target down the street. There like there's a lot of options inside of Las Vegas just on the strip. It was amazing. Granted, the Target is probably the smallest Target I've ever seen in my life, but it was still there nonetheless. Now, one of the things that I wish we would have been able to get into was Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. Like we found out that that existed on like day two, I think it was. And so we were pulling up the website to try to get into a reservation and they were booked until January. So that did not happen. Next time we go, definitely going to be getting our reservation for Hell's Kitchen a little bit sooner. Probably when we book the hotel would be my plan. Okay, so speaking of those things, things that I wish we would have done differently, that's obviously one of them. I wish we would have looked around a little bit more about, you know, what's around that area, because we we kind of went in with that explorer mentality. We went in going, we don't know anything about Las Vegas, so we're going to experience it on the fly. But because of that, there were things that we had to miss out on because we just didn't have the information to do it. So Hell's Kitchen was one of those things. Some of the other Gordon Ramsay restaurants, he he had like a steakhouse and a fish and chip shop and a burger place. Like we didn't go to any of those things because they were just a little bit too booked, like too packed, right? But we didn't go to any shows either. And there were shows that I would have loved to have gone to, like Chris Angel's Mind Freak. I used to watch Chris Angel. I can't remember what station it was, A&E or something like that, way back in the day because his magic show was just incredible. So I would have loved to have checked that out. And there was like a mind reader that was in Vegas somewhere. And so it was like, there's so many different shows that would have been really neat to experience, but we just didn't have the chance and opportunity because we were too busy sightseeing. We were wanting to see all the things. Now, other things that I would have done differently, I think is I would have probably invested more time into speaking and talking with more people. So my challenge I found is that when I go into a conference, Like when I go into this place where I've got like the schedule and I'm doing these things, I go into student mode and I love, I love being the student. I love learning new things. I love taking in the insights of other people. I love testing out the tips and tricks that they're giving. I I love that atmosphere, but it doesn't leave much time then for, you know, trying to like introduce yourselves to other people or if you did, it was like you could very easily skip the session and I know Craig at one point had he had said something like, um, you know, if you have a if you run into someone that's really interesting, you know, stay in the hall and talk to him. 
and catch the session on the replay or whatever. And I really struggled with that. And part of it, I think, was you kind of do get on overload. Like there's a lot of people. There were 2,000 people. 2,000 peoples? Lots of peoples. There were like 2,000 students all there, right? We're all doing this thing. And there's so many sessions. We're like 190 sessions. You're never going to get to all of them. And so I kind of, especially when you go out and see a lot of the sites and you're doing all the things, it was like overload or overstimulation of people and of things and all the stuff. And so next time, I really want to spend more time talking with people and introducing myself. I mean, I did that a lot during the vendor day because a lot of the people I either had already talked to because they've been on the podcast or like we'd talked through email or, you know, some, something along those lines. Like I could, I could introduce myself fairly easily, but it was like those random conversations where there's like a group of people and you just interject yourself into a conversation. That was more of a struggle for me. And so I think next time Colin and I were talking about this, we're both kind of crap when it comes to this. What we're going to do is gamify it a little bit. Like we know after like looking back at the conference now that we could have talked to more people and engaged more. So we're going to go in the next time, which will probably be in two years. We're not going to go next year unless, of course, if by some crazy miracle, Craig Martell asked me to speak at his conference next year, which I would totally do. (laughs) So anybody who knows Craig Martell better than I do, feel free to put that little bug in his ear. But um, we're probably going to go in two years. So we'll skip next year. We've got a couple of other conferences that we're going to. I'm going to be speaking at the Idaho Writers Conference next year in May. And so there's, there's things that were already in the works. And, you know, it's like, we want to consume and digest everything that happens so that when we go next time, we can level it up, right? So next time we won't have to take in all the sites the way that we did. Next time, we're probably going to do like one or two shows. And we're going to incorporate more of the interaction and the engagement with others who are in our tribe. So we came up with this game where he's going to pick 10 people randomly throughout each day for me to engage and say hello and talk to and like learn more about and, you know, just do the the writerly talk thing. And I have to do the same thing for him. <laughs> so it'll be interesting. He he has this like British, no fucks given vibe sometimes. And so he can do that much easier than I do. Like I, I struggle to interject myself when I am not already part of the conversation. Like I have no problem. If someone's like, hey, Carissa, oh my God, there you are. And then all of a sudden we're talking. That I can do. But yeah, it's it's different for me. I don't know why. It's so weird. It's like I consider myself extroverted, but I'm also a little bit introverted and I do get overwhelmed by all the things. So that was something that I definitely want to change a little bit. And so maybe you're feeling that way too. Maybe you went and you wish you would have talked to more people or engaged more. But just know, like I kept reminding myself, the thing that I kept going back to was it's all working out for me. It's all adding up. And so if I couldn't do this wrong, if everything that I was engaging in the people who I did talk to mattered the most. And so I talked to the people who I was meant to talk to, then everything is right. Like there is no wrong thing that I I could have done better. Like it's still good. And so that was my mentality that I kept going back to when I was feeling that way, when I was feeling like, you know, we left the conference and we like dashed out the door to go check out the world. I reminded myself that I still talk to people. I just didn't spend a lot of time talking to people. I think the person that I spent the most time talking with was actually Ben from Author Helper Suite. We had a great conversation. There was one of these cafes on the way to Paris and we we talked for like an hour and a half. It was a great conversation and I really enjoyed his presence. I enjoyed 
like everything that Author Helper Suite, aka Reader Links, stands for. It's just really cool. And so I feel like I talked to the people I, I needed to talk to, the people who I was destined to talk to, if that makes sense. So that take that for what you will, but that is kind of where we are for like next time, right? We're going to do a little bit more engagement, a little less sightseeing, and just see what happens. All right. So if you want to level up your author career, I do highly recommend going to 20 Books Vegas. It will guide you in so many things. It will inspire you in ways you didn't know you needed to be inspired. It is going to connect you with people who could end up being like a prominent part of your life. There's just, there were so many benefits to that place and that energy that I just, I cannot speak more highly of it. And like I said, Craig ran this thing like a tight ship. And while sometimes his speak can seem kind of abrupt or abrasive, he is phenomenal at running things of this nature. I mean, he was just the whole thing. And everyone, <laughs> everyone teases like Craig's going to get us if we don't like start on time, whatever. But you can tell in the way that they were talking that they were teasing about it. Like they, they have a good relationship with Craig. And so that was great. And I guess maybe beef up on your vitamin C before you go. Like we had our flu and COVID shots before we left. So maybe that helped with the whole conference crud thing and why I'm not feeling completely run down, even though I feel a little bit mm, something going on here. But even with all that, even with coming back with a slight cold and feeling like, okay, I'm a little run down now, I wouldn't change a thing. Like the experience of those people, the experience of the sessions, the experience of the conference, the experience of Las Vegas in general, the views that we had from our room, the sites that we saw, the restaurants we ate at, it was just so incredibly, I don't even know. It was so incredibly powerful because it it makes you realize that there's more to this world than you've been living in. And if you're a writer who spends an awful lot of time by yourself, it lights inside of you this desire to get out and to see things and to experience the world again and not just experience it in your head because it was it was like i said it was just such an amazing and magical trip to be there and it was amazing and magical to wander through the streets of las vegas all right so if any of you listening want me to speak at some point at the 20 books vegas conference sometime in the future <clears throat> feel free to hound Craig Martell about it, okay? <laughs> if you have, like I said, if you have an in and you're a little bit more buddy-buddy um, with Craig, feel free to like throw my name into the hat that I'd be a great conversationalist. I don't know if I am, but I like to think that I am. I could probably talk to more people too if I'm up there on stage talking about the thing that I love to talk about. Just saying. So that will help me kind of get out of my shell a little bit as well. At any rate, I loved this conference. I hope that you are thinking about going to it yourself someday. I hope if you went that you had the same experiences in your own way that I had, where it was this falling in love with our community, falling in love with the the vibe of Las Vegas, falling in love with what we do and how we get to create. Because so often we get stuck in this feeling like like we're this island and nothing really matters, right? Speaking of island, just one last conversation I want to talk about. We so I didn't think about this one until just now and I actually really enjoyed this session. 
So if you don't know anything about author success archetypes, we went to the talk with Becca Syme and what an interesting conversation that was. There are four different author success archetypes that she talks about and how if you can incorporate your author success archetype, you can level up in ways that you didn't realize you could, right? So that's another session. So it's kind of like, you know, extra power session (laughs) to check out for sure. Check out Becca Syme's conversation about author success archetypes, because for me, it was enlightening a bit to see how I personally integrate things. I I think I tend to be, so there are like these four different archetypes. There's the uh, trailblazer. And I think that's kind of more what I am. I'm kind of like to take what's already out there, shift it, make it new and do this trailblazing thing. I don't like to follow what's already been done. You know, you guys know this because I talk about, you know, like the werewolf thing. And I'm like, oh, barf. Uh. So in order to do werewolves, I had to like twist it just a little bit and do the paranormal women's fiction version of it. And I do that a lot with my other books. And so I tend to be this trailblazer. I, I don't overly care if people are following me, but if people aren't reading me or if I'm not being understood, then I start to feel bad. And that's a, a like a thing of the trailblazer, right? Underneath that is a drafter. And the drafters take a look at what the trailblazers are doing and typically do it better. So they're the ones that come in and go, oh, this looks really cool. We're going to do a lot of this and expand it really wide. And all of a sudden it's everywhere, right? And so they overtake the trailblazers in some ways. Then there's also the evergreen. And they're the people who wish that they were drafters, but really they're just kind of copying what the drafters just did. And then of course there's the island who is the person who really doesn't give a fuck. Like they're going to just do what they're going to do they don't care if you read me. They don't care if you like follow me. They don't care if you understand me. Like they're just writing their shit just to write it. And that is Colin. <laughs> so my husband is definitely an island. And when it comes to books anyway. And so if you get the chance, definitely check out that talk because it was super fascinating. She gives some insights on how you can be more successful. And I think she probably has more information in either a book or a course as well. And so I have asked Becca to come onto the podcast. I'm not quite sure when she's going to make it, but I need to follow up with everyone that I talk to. So it's still on my list of things to do. But yeah, definitely check that one out as well, because it's so powerful when we when we leverage our personality, our like desires, the way that we do things, when we can leverage that to our our success, we become authentic, we become powerful in what we're doing. And if there's one thing that the 20 Books Vegas conference really hammered home, it's that we all have it within us to do this thing. Every single one of us has the ability to be super successful. Every one of us has the ability to overcome whatever it is that we feel like is holding us back. And this is something that I've talked about for a long time, but it just, it drove it home again. And it, it's something that I think every single author needs to hear it's okay to have those down times. It's okay to feel like you're, you know, messing it up. It's okay to feel like things aren't working and it's okay to go, you know what? I can still fix it. Or you know what? My next series is going to be better. Or you know what? Every step is a step forward. It's all working out in my favor. And those talks really, really made sure to hammer that home. And I, I encourage every single one of you to listen to them. Find the conversations, the talks that resonate with you, the things where you really need a little bit of help. Like, like I said, there was talks on Kickstarter, on Patreon, on 
how to, you know, do your back matter, how to do your sales pages. There were so many talks that were niched down and so many talks that were wider that were powerful and very much in the focus that we all need, right? Whew, I talked an awful lot and now my throat is starting to hurt. It's burning right now, guys. <laughs> but all that aside, it was worth it. I wouldn't change a thing. I'm so glad that we went. I'm so glad we experienced it all. And I hope that you do as well. All right. If you'd like to grab the transcript to today's podcast episode, make sure you head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 158. And if you are hearing this the week of Thanksgiving, which is when it's going to be airing, make sure you head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash bibliophile to be able to get in on the bibliophile Black Friday deals that are going to be going on for four days. So it's Black Friday through the weekend and into Cyber Monday. And you're going to love it. So it's these are books that are discounted from their normal price. It's a little bit different from the book bazaar that we've got going on right now. So this is specifically ones with deals. And I hope that you check them out because there are a lot of incredible books on that page. And you need books for your your own TBR, right? Or maybe you need books for your friend's TBR, your mom's TBR, whatever. Make sure that you start uh, checking out and supporting your fellow authors too, because that, my friend, is how we help each other out and become this author revolution, right? So speaking of all that stuff, have fun, have a wonderful Thanksgiving if you celebrate that, and go forth and start your author revolution. This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people, Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks, like writing. (laughs) Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.